Hi, welcome to the HRD Live podcast. I'm Finn Murphy, Content Manager for HRD Connect, and I'll be your host. Joining us today is Tim Ray, Professor of Practice and Director of Executive Education at the Warwick Business School. Operating at the intersection of education and industry, Tim will help us understand the key risks and opportunities in relation to organisational culture, learning and development, and much more. Please note that because this is a fully remote recording, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. Enjoy the podcast. So Tim, the Warwick Business School has recently published the Organisational Learning Report. What would you define as the key objectives, findings and audience of this publication? Yeah, so so we, we had conducted uh, research among our alumni population a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, we had a, a number of interesting insights um, surfaced in relation to um, individual development needs, um, and we, we wanted to repeat that. Uh, we wanted to repeat that that uh, research, but also take a more um, organisational focus as well. Um, so we we developed the uh, organisational learning report. Um, we uh, we did conduct that research again among our alumni population. Um, now, you know, WBS has. 40 to 50,000 alumni in sort of senior posts all across the globe. Um, so it, it, it's a very diverse um, uh, population. Um, so we had several hundred um, complete the, uh, the survey. So we were very kind of pleased with the, uh, with the response to that. And we asked kind of a number of questions. We, we were interested in exploring um, what, what are viewed as the key business challenges today. Um, now we were we were slightly ahead of the pandemic, so we conducted this research in sort of January and February, um, just before the the pandemic broke uh, in a very serious way. So, um, uh, you know, we, our expectations that lots of these themes still stand. Obviously, uh, the impact of COVID nineteen uh, will will cast a shadow over some of this. Um, but we were looking at uh, you know what were the key challenges we were looking at, uh, particularly what are what what are the key organizational capabilities that organizations are seeking to put in place to address those challenges. So for example, one of the key challenges that arose, not surprisingly, was dealing with the, uh, the speed of change. Um, and when we asked the question around organizational capability, um, an awful lot of what came back was around issues to do with agility, to do with innovation culture, you know, et cetera. Um, so that nimbleness, and that uh, capacity of an organization to, to respond quickly and fluidly. Um, so we, we were asking what the key challenges were. We were asking what the key capabilities were that needed to be put in place. And then kind of drilling down from that, we were interested in what some of the individual development needs were uh, responding to those organizational uh, requirements. Um, then but a couple of other things that we were interested in. One was how that kind of learning ecosystem is changing. Um, now we asked that question because certainly would have been our view that uh, the, the drift in, in uh, organizational learning and, and into executive learning is, is, is away from a, a more formal program structure, uh, much more towards a kind of a learning ecosystem uh, within the organization and a, and a constant and ongoing and continuous requirement for, for learning. Um, and we wanted to explore that uh, a little further um, and what the nature of that was. And then, and then finally, uh, we did also want to uh, look at how learning and development 
um, as a kind of a functional area has become more of a strategic partner. Um, I suppose the premise of the, the previous point was that um, organizational learning um, uh, on an ongoing basis is a critical capability. Um, and then asking the question, to what extent is learning and development uh, becoming more of a strategic partner on the back of that? So those were the, the, uh, the five key areas that we were exploring and investigating with the report. Right, that's, um, I think that's a fantastic summary. And I think you raised a very interesting point there referring to resilience and agility, because I believe that over the course of this year, we've seen businesses really, really treasure these values and really build upon them because it, it allows the nimbleness to respond to fast changing and uncertain conditions. How do you think businesses and um, your audience are successfully incorporating these values into their organizations? I think to differing degrees. Um, uh, I, I think uh, there's a, a, a colleague of mine, uh, Professor Trish Gorman, um, uh, had a, a lovely quote that uh, where she said, uh, the, the best indicator of where resources will be next year is where they are today. Um, and I think what that you know points to is the kind of the inbuilt inertia uh, that uh, tends to be uh, within organisations and uh, you know particularly within larger organisations. That that's a that's a that's a very you know strong force to um, uh, to uh, to address and to deal with. Um, so I think you know organisations uh, are you know, looking at that that requirement. The way we kind of used to look at agility was. Um, getting to the opportunity space first, I think, is, is one of the best uh, definitions I've, I've heard of agility. Um, when we see those market opportunities, in what way can we, uh, are we operationally nimble? Uh, in what way uh, are we able to redeploy our resources quickly? Um, to what degree are we able to strategically reframe and, and as leaders be agile of mindset um, to, to reframe uh, the uh, the strategic direction of the uh, of the organisation, um, and uh, you know I, I think it's been it's been interesting. Uh, the whole pandemic obviously um, you know raises a, a very interesting question because so many organisations have had to pivot so dramatically um, in uh, such a, a short space of time. Um, and if you were to ask me for my own kind of theory on that, uh, I think w one of those is obviously the. Uh, uh, the, the old uh, core issue when it comes to organizational change that someone like John Cotter identified uh, almost you know, 30 years ago now uh, when he talked about the urgency for change. Yeah. Um, and you know, clearly there is a very significant, there was a very significant um, uh, presenting challenge for organizations over the last six months. Um, and that urgency was well understood by the organization. Um, because not only was it being articulated within the organization, they were also um, hearing the, you know, the external coverage as well. And one of the things that we know about communication is when what are perceived to be third party objective sources validate the internal message, uh, it becomes ever more, uh, ever more powerful. So that presenting need for change um, was there. I think another key issue, um, one of the things that we, uh, we address and we have a, a, a diploma in organizational change and it looks very you know, in depth at some of these issues. And you know, one of the things that we will talk about a lot is the whole issue of, uh, of fairness and justice and equity. Um, and you know, in organizational change, often there are winners and losers. Um, and um, uh, so that, that perception of, of uh, is this happening 
to everybody at the same time can be kind of critical. Um, and I think you know, this was a shared experience. Um, and I, I think we had that urgency and we had that shared experience. It's happening to everybody you know, at the same time. Interestingly, I think in a, on a broader sort of societal basis, you know, we're seeing more um, fractiousness and maybe more pushback on say public health guidelines to do with the, the pandemic because there's a growing sense that this is happening to different people now in different ways. Um, so I, you know, I, I think uh, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, of agility, the ability to inject that urgency into an organization on an ongoing basis um, and that uh, ability to create a culture um, where, where people feel part of that requirement to evolve on an ongoing basis, you know, you, those are both kind of critical things. And they don't come easily. They don't come easily. So I think, you know, my, you know to, to your question, how are organizations doing? I think we have seen uh, over the last six months, organizations do amazing things in terms of how quickly they've been able to pivot uh, and how agile they have been. But I think the more interesting question is that one of what are the underlying drivers for that? Why has that been possible? And when the pandemic is over, to what extent can we maintain that level of agility um, in, in normal times? So, yeah, I think there are, you know, people are, organizations are on a, a spectrum with that, um, but uh, they don't undermine or don't underestimate uh, the power of organizational inertia. That's what I would say. No, I think that's uh, I think that's a fantastic point. And I think that it, it sort of links in my mind to um, something that business leaders have been talking about consistently in, in recent months is just the importance of in, in relation to talent specifically, both um, engagement, empathy, uh, communication, these values to ensure that, um, you know, employees and people in the job market are sort of fulfilling their potential and in an organization meeting objectives. How do you view that these um, what have been termed soft skills or power skills can be best um, sort of talked through learning and development opportunities? I think, uh, well, there's two, two answers to that. I think one is how have they typically been um, taught and uh, uh, perhaps the, uh, you know, the word taught is, is not the right word there. Um, I think where we have moved a lot of our programs in, in, in the last number of years is to, uh, particularly when it comes to leadership development, um, is to uh, a much more experiential uh, basis. Um, though what you've just described there um, are, are skills. Um, skills are developed. You know, if you're a tennis player, you don't become the best tennis player uh, by reading a book about tennis. Uh, you become the best tennis player by practicing, um, and you know we view leadership as a as a as a practice art, um, and and so and, and and that practice then is also built around the need for reflection. So have I the capacity to you know, work with my team? Uh, have I the capacity then to stand back and analyze how effective I've been? Um, and to reflect on some of the skills I may have used and how I might hone those and improve them. Um, so, so leadership development uh, and, and developing leadership skills is something that happens in the field of practice. Um, and, and the program has to be built around that or the learning has to be built around that. So very often when we're developing these, uh, uh, these skills, 
it is about developing certainly the skill itself, but the skill itself is, 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 is of no use unless it is attached to the capacity for reflection. And obviously we will often do that uh, in a group setting, a small group settings where people can share each other's experiences um, and can trigger some of that reflection um, for each other. Um, so you know, leadership, it, it is something, you know, it's different from, from learning finance where you can you know, learn it in the classroom. Um, le leadership is something that uh, is, is a skill that has got to be, yes, we have to teach you what that skill looks like, um, but then you've got to experience it in practice. Um, so that, that, uh, you, that, that's critically important. So if I, if I take that then and connect it to the current context, um, because you, you, you raised the issue about um, uh, issue uh, about um, uh, capabilities such as empathy um, and communication and engagement and so on. I think one of the things that we are recognizing is that with a widely distributed workforce uh, where people are scattered to their homes, uh, for a start, communication has got to be more um, intentional. Uh, communication has got to be more planned, more deliberate, because the, the casual uh, conversations, uh, the water cooler talk, if you like, um, is not happening anymore. Uh, those informal conversations are not happening. Um, you know, people are perhaps you know, working at home in relatively isolated situations and uh, being able to connect with them on a human level and understand how they're doing um, and to be able to demonstrate that empathy is, is kind of, again, critically important. Um, so, so the setting has somewhat changed where for most of us, leadership right now and i have my own team of 14 or 15 people yeah. um and, I, and i'm experiencing this you know day in day out myself um where uh you know, we our teams are, are distributed um and i think uh the setting is different but that skill of noticing your leadership you know being aware of your leadership so that self-awareness uh, and that ref capacity for reflection um, are are even more important. Um, so I, I you know I think so 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 for us the leadership development piece is yes it's about the technical skill. You know we can teach people ways of communicating. We can talk to them about being more effective storytellers. We can talk to them about you know a PowerPoint slide with ten bullet points not being anything as good as a, as an image uh, or an experience and sharing an experience with people and about that emotional engagement. So so we can talk to them about some of the technical aspects of those skills, but then they've got to do it and they've got to be ready to be able to observe and reflect on their impact uh, and then talk with others about how they can improve and sharpen that. Um, so yeah, so I think the, the, the context has changed. It's a virtual context, um, but those core development skills of uh, self-awareness and reflection um, and developing your leadership and practice are probably even more important. How do you think organisations are looking at L&D in regard to talent? So I think one of the things that was, was really interesting to us with the organisational learning report, uh, the, uh, the research that we did, um, so we asked the question, what are the key challenges facing you as a business? Um, and uh, some of the things that, that uh, you might expect surfaced um, so the requirement to deliver sustainable business growth, uh, the requirement to respond to the scale and pace of change um, for some organizations responding to changing regulatory environments, 
um, and obviously the uh, uh, how digital is transforming the business landscape are all you know issues that um, bubbled up to uh, to the top. Um, one of the surprises for us, uh, and perhaps we shouldn't have been surprised, was that the top business challenge that surfaced was uh, managing, uh, attaining, uh, attracting and retaining talent. So the whole talent management question and talent management agenda, um, in fact, uh, came out as the top um, business challenge. Um, and, and, and by quite a considerable distance. So um, 72% of respondents uh, mentioned uh, talent management as a key business challenge. Uh, and, and the nearest to that was delivering and sustaining business growth, which was 57%. So it's quite a gap uh, between uh, uh, between those two things. So that, that was very interesting to us that um, talent management uh, shot out like that. Um, now, we've always viewed, you know, in some respects, in many respects, we're in the business of talent management. You know, as a business school, all the way through from the undergraduates that we recruit uh, to our pre-experienced master students, to our executive MBA cohorts, to our post-experience executive education right. um, uh, folks. That is, you know, our, our job is we're about the business of uh, of uh, uh, of talent management, and certainly it would have been our view in recent years that um, the constraint on business growth was actually less and less to do with, say, the availability of, of, of financial capital. Uh, it was much more to do with uh, the availability of human capital um, and the ability to secure the right talent uh, and the right people. Um, so, I mean, clearly there has been uh, an identification on the part of organizations that, that the talent management agenda is a very significant uh, priority. Right, I see what you mean. And I think um, as all these issues relate to um, L&D, at the Warwick Business School, how have you managed to deal with the challenges posed by these quite uncertain conditions? Um, have you, how are you delivering education in the most effective manner? And what do you think are the new opportunities that have been created in recent times? Uh, well, I suppose there's a short term and a medium term answer to that. Um, like every other organization and business, uh, we've been required to, uh, to pivot dramatically. Um, uh, so, for example, um, all of our, uh, as a business school, all, all of our uh, MBA and executive MBA teaching would have gone online. In fact, all the university's teaching went online um, from uh, sort of middle of March on. Um, so we were required to uh, to respond to that uh, in a large scale way. Now we were fortunate because um, uh, we we do have the uh, globally number one ranked uh, distance learning uh, MBA uh, globally. Uh, we've been ranked by the Financial Times number one for the last three years uh, in that area, um, and that's reflective of the fact that we have our own platform and capability uh, within the school uh, and a very large team um, around that. So we have a, a deep kind of history and a deep embedded capability um, around um, delivering um, distance learning. Um, so we've been able to deploy uh, much of that capability and, and that was certainly a, um, a significant um, help for us. Um, um, however, it's still, you know, it's still a, a very, uh, uh, the, 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 the level of, um, uh, the, the level of scale up 
that was required was uh, was very dramatic indeed. And I think what I I would distinguish between is is uh, distance learning, um, which is kind of a, an, an asynchronous delivery where uh, it's there for the uh, for the learner to access at any particular time. It'll be a combination of you know, videos and learning and readings, etc., to, to access anywhere at any time, uh, and a more synchronous delivery um, that is effectively taking what would have been face to face and and putting it online, um, so that uh, you are still con continuing to deliver uh, that face to face experience in um, in real time. Um, so we, we've had to do both uh, um, extensively um, and uh, you know, I'm glad to say we've been able to do that very successfully and um, it, with uh, very, very positive feedback. Um, I think what it does mean is that, uh, uh, you know, I, th I think uh, we talked about that um, drive towards uh, a more uh, digital delivery. I talked about earlier about exploring in the corporate learning survey and uh, the ecosystem. Um, and you know, I think one of the things that we discovered in the in the learning survey was, I say discovered, it confirmed really our, our understanding that you know, the requirement for more bite-sized learning, um, the requirement for more um, self-service, so uh, the sort of responsibility on, on on individual execs um, to to go in and access uh, learning resources and to tailor what they need um uh for for themselves and when they need it so learning that is more real time uh and indeed just in time um and uh, you know I, I think that uh, the pandemic and the experience of of the pandemic will i think simply drive that much more quickly um so those who may have had a slight hesitancy about the uh, the online experience uh, now have had several months of being soaked in that experience um, and will be much more comfortable uh, with accessing it. So I think the trends that we were seeing um, in terms of the deployment of digital platforms and uh, either asynchronous or synchronous um, learning um, will, uh, will be very important. To finish off, what do you think will be the key risks and opportunities for HR and business leaders in the time ahead? So I think I think the ones that I think that there 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 are two aspects to that um, I think uh, the first aspect relates to the pandemic, uh, which is the short term. Um, so uh, you know business leaders for sure are interested in in business survival, uh, interested uh, at present in you know ensuring that from a financial and operational perspective they are as tight as they can possibly be. Um, so you know, I think uh, you know, some of the issues that you, you, you identified earlier around leading in, uh, uh, during COVID and what does that mean in terms of leading and connecting with and engaging uh, a dispersed workforce, really interesting questions about how do you sustain the culture of your business and the values of your business when people are distributed uh, you know, in this way. So I think there are, there are a number of um, uh, immediate concerns that relate directly to the circumstances in the context of the, uh, of the pandemic. Um, I think as we emerge out of that, and you know, I think you know, the positive message is that inevitably we will, not quite sure how long it will take, but there will be a time uh, when we are the other side of this pandemic. Um, and I think at that stage then, um, some of the, the issues that um, surfaced uh, to the fore in, in our organizational learning survey, um, such as the requirement for agility, 
such as the requirement for a culture that promotes continuous learning and innovation, um, such as the requirement for uh, much greater collaboration you know, across silos of an organization. Um, those kind of capabilities, um, along with, of course, the one that we've identified as a very important one, talent management, um, I think will, um, will, will resurface um, as, as critical. And, and woven through all of that is the, uh, is the digital transformation piece. Um, that, of course, is kind of a you know, hugely important theme uh, you know, that drives the need for agility, that drives the need for innovation and, and constant um, uh, collaboration and so on in different ways of working. Thanks so much for your time, Tim. To download the organisational learning report, simply click the link in the accompanying article. To discover the latest industry developments, thought leadership and more, subscribe to HRD Connect. Thank you.